You're listening to a message from Redemption Community Church, a life-giving church in Westchester County, New York. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or follow our messages online at redemptioncommunitychurch.org. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. So you've been in a series called Open, and you're talking about being open to the Holy Spirit. And, and, you know, two weeks ago, Pastor Jeremy, he started the series, and he said the Holy Spirit is right at the beginning of the Bible. He was hovering over the waters at the moment of creation. He's like the breath of God breathed into us. He animates, you know, us. He, he works in the world. And especially this is true when we become Christians, when we, we pray, Jesus, come into my life, there is something that happens. Not only sins are forgiven through what Jesus did on the cross, but the Holy Spirit himself is breathed into us. And we become spiritually alive. And that's the presence of the Holy Spirit at work within us. And then last week, Pastor Dan talked about the idea that when the Holy Spirit comes on you, there is a power that happens in your life. Everybody say power. Yeah, we need a little bit of that, don't we? We need the power of God. Now, two really great images that were used in the last two weeks. One, Jeremy had the glove that was empty. Do you remember this two weeks ago? And he said, the glove without a hand in it is not animated. It's empty. It's powerless. You can try to make it the thumb touch the fingers and grab something, he said, but it won't work unless something comes in and gives it its, its, its purpose, right? You can even preach to it, he said. You know, have purpose glove, but still until it's got animation in it, until something enters, it's powerless, and then Dan, he had this pitcher of water, do you remember? And he had a cup, and he said, you know, the moment you give your life to Jesus, and he poured water in the cup, the Holy Spirit comes into your life, and he fills you. And then he took it up a notch, and he talked about what's promised in Acts chapter 1, which is that the Holy Spirit would overwhelm us, that we'd be baptized in the Holy Spirit. He took that full cup, and he put it in the water, and he said, now it's, it's overwhelmed. Now it's completely, um, it's, it's overcome so that now there can be this overflow of things. Now for many people, even people who've grown up in church, the idea of the Holy Spirit overwhelming you or empowering you, breathing into you, it feels strange maybe, and you feel like, what is this really all about? So the concept of the series, Open, is to look at these biblical concepts and say, okay, God, could you do something with the Holy Spirit in my life, all right? Now, when we allow for this reality, though, to come into our world, here's the thing. We are talking about the power of God. So it's not just we want to live a better life or be better citizens or be animated by the presence of God to just live a better life, but if you really open your life to the Holy Spirit's power, there is the potential for him to do through you some really unbelievable things. And you might say, not me. It's just not possible with me. Well, look, I think everybody feels this way. In fact, uh, uh, just a little background now. I've been pastoring the same church for 30 years there in Pittsburgh, married to my wife, Melody, for 34. And I know some of you are thinking, but you don't look that old. Thank you. I appreciate you thinking those thoughts. And so let me give you a family picture if you want to throw that up on the screen. This is my beautiful wife, Melody. And we have now reached the stage. We have five kids we don't picture the kids anymore, just the grandkids. And every grandparent knows what I'm talking about, right? So, I mean, we got four grandbabies, and we got one on the way, and we're living the life together, okay? So, but, but I haven't been Pastor Jeff all my life, okay? I, I grew up just like everybody. I was very shy as a kid growing up. I would, if God hadn't called me to be a preacher, 
I would never have a microphone and stand on a stage. And I remember at 17 years old, feeling like God was calling me to, to be used by him in ministry. And it was all brand new to me. Now, I had a dad who was a pastor, just like your, your pastor has a, a father who's a pastor. I, I do too. And my dad was trying to encourage me along. So one, one service, at the end of the service, we were going to have prayer leaders. You know, sometimes service happens and you bring the prayer leaders to the front. They pray for people. We were going to pray for those who needed healing in their bodies. And uh, I remember my dad came to me before service. He said, hey, you're getting ready to go to Bible college. Why don't you join the prayer team this week? And I was like, no, no, no. I said, I need, I need more training. I've never done this before. He said, come on. If you're going to be in the ministry, you got to try at some point. So he said, I want you, when I call you, I want you to come to the front and pray for people. And so the whole service, I sat there nervous. I couldn't concentrate. I didn't listen to anything he said that night. And then all of a sudden, the moment came, and he said, okay, can we have the prayer leaders come forward? So I walked to the front, and I stood and turned around and faced the congregation. And I remember thinking, oh, no. What's going to happen now? So he said, if you need prayer, come to the front. Come on. You know, and people started coming forward. And I remember people started walking toward me for prayer. And I wanted to do like this. Like, go to their line. Go to the, be prayed for them. Or how about over here? Because I'm a rookie. You know, I wanted to hang the sign around my neck, rookie prayer leader right here. Uh, because I just felt so inadequate. I felt like that glove without a hand in it. And so I started to pray for people. Nothing all that crazy happened at the moment. Two weeks later, my dad got a letter in the mail, and he said, I want you to hear this. He started to read it. He said, the service a couple weeks ago when you had prayer for the sick, he said, I had a severe back problem, and I've had it for many years, and I went up for prayer, and I went to get prayed for by your son, and I stood in his line, I waited, and then he prayed for me, and when he put his hands on me, I felt warmth go up and down my back. And I haven't had pain since. And when my dad said that, I said out loud, no way. Because, listen, God didn't do something through my life because I had supreme confidence. I don't even know much, how much faith I had. But I'll just tell you, when the Holy Spirit on the inside of you starts to move, he is capable of doing things you are not capable of. And so I think this series should come with a warning label on it, open, okay? Warning, if you get open to the Holy Spirit, God might do something crazy through your life, okay? Because you don't say, Holy Spirit, I'm open to you, and then him just show up real tame. He might actually want to use you. How about that? God might want to actually use you to do something powerful in this world, so just wherever you are, turn to your neighbor and say, that means you too. Come on now. God, he, he might want to use you. That's something. Yeah, all right. So where do we begin? Let's, let's ask this question. So where do we begin? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be very, very simple today, very practical. No one should leave this place. No one should leave this broadcast if you're watching online without knowing the next steps, okay? Let me, let me take you to 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 1. And we're going to read, okay, last week, Pastor Dan ended in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. This is a letter, Corinthians, in the New Testament, written by Paul to a church that he had helped to plant. And he's giving them instructions on how to partner with the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 12, he talks about how when the Holy Spirit moves in you, he can give you wisdom, he can give you words of knowledge, he can do miracles, he can do works of healing, he can do works of faith. And one of the things he says is he can speak through prophecy, 
these, these things that are talked about there. Now, here's what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1. Follow the way of love. Okay, let's pause for a moment. Anything that, that God does, he doesn't do so that we feel spiritual or powerful. He does because there are people in the world that have need, and he's looking to send us as ambassadors, as carriers to meet human need. So this isn't just about you having a, the next new experience with God. It's about him using you to help broken, hurting people where they live right now. Follow the way of love. And then it says, eagerly desire. Because there's a broken world out there, and because the Holy Spirit's operating in you, you should hunger to be used in the gifts of the Spirit. The word gift means it's given to you. It's graced to you. It's not earned. It's, it's something God releases to you. And then it says, especially the gift of prophecy. Now, so, so if you're going to be using anything, Paul says, you should want to be used in the gift of prophecy because prophecy should be the most common gift in the way that the church functions. And now you're probably like, hold on, pause, slow this down, back up a few steps. Prophecy, that sounds kind of out there. This is the first step, Pastor Jeff. This, we start by prophesying. And we, we, have, we hear the word prophecy, and maybe you have some images. If you grew up in the church and you read the Old Testament, you think of Elijah, who is this hairy guy with a leather belt who looks very severe, and he's out in the wilderness preaching, repent. And you think, that's what I'm supposed to do? No, not quite that. Or maybe you think of the book of Revelation. You think of prophecy of future events, and, and you think of predicting things that are going to come, and you think, you want me to start predicting the future? Is that what I'm supposed to do? No, no, no. It's not quite that. And in fact, New Testament prophecy is way simpler than that. In fact, in the New Testament, the way that we prophesy isn't so much to predict events in the future, and it isn't actually to confront anybody. So I am not calling you to become the wild and crazy prophet to go confront the world in all the ways that it needs to change. In fact, in the, in, the, in the next few verses, 1 Corinthians 14, it tells us what the purpose of New Testament prophecy is. It says like this, but the one who prophesies, listen, this is real important now, speaks to people for very specific reasons, here's the three, for strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. I didn't read the word rebuke in there, did you? No, okay, so it's to strengthen, to encourage, and do comfort. I didn't read the word predict in there, did you? No, no. So it's not that. Look, when the Holy Spirit uses us, he uses us to strengthen, encourage, and comfort. Now, I think you're up to that. I actually think you're capable of speaking words that would strengthen someone else, encourage them, and comfort them. So the New Testament use of prophecy is this. It is just very simply defined as spirit-inspired encouragement. It's when the Holy Spirit uses you to encourage somebody else. So Paul says, look, eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy, because the Holy Spirit wants to inspire you to be an encouragement machine. That everywhere you go, you go encouraging others under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit because that right there can change the world. You can do this. Let me just say, the Holy Spirit inside of you wants to use you to prophesy and that means not to be some severe rebuking prophet, nor to be a predictor of future events, but just to speak to one another for strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. So let's do on-ramp now. How do we begin? So you say, all right, I think maybe I'm up for that. How do I start doing something like that? Okay, here's step one. 
encourage. Every day when you wake up, say, today is going to be a day where I'm going to speak life to other people. I'm going to show up at work today, and I am going to be a life speaker. I'm going to look for ways to speak into people's lives. You say, well, well how is that? Well, it's not flattery. It's, it's not so much pointing out things because you're trying to be smooth or slick somehow. It's actually just saying, you know what? I believe in you. You're going to make it through this. How about the, I'm, I've been praying for you. God has a plan for you. You're going to make it through this. Boy, you know, you're good at that. Okay, this is encouragement. Now, why is this important? This is, this is so key. Do you know when the Holy Spirit speaks into your life, the tone that he uses with you will always be encouragement. God, the Holy Spirit, is not going to show up in your life with shame. He's not going to show up with condemnation. See, that's actually what the powers of darkness, who we call the devil, is actually the word devil means accuser. The accuser shows up to remind us of our past and put us down and to put shame on us. And, and so that comes from the powers of darkness which push us down rather than lift us up. When the Holy Spirit shows up, he might deal with you about something. He might, he might say, you know, you shouldn't have said that right there. But he won't be like, how dare you? Look at you, you horrible person. You think you're a Christian. No, no, that's not his tone. His tone is like, come on, you're better than that. I've called you to more. Come on, you know what? Yeah, that's who you used to be. That's not who you are anymore. Yeah, yeah, you stepped into that same old sin pattern. That's who you were. That's not who you are anymore. The Holy Spirit says, don't forget the cross. Don't forget what Jesus did. Don't forget that he's risen from the dead. He's got a plan for you. See, there there is a tone the Holy Spirit uses, and the tone is always encouragement. So if you start to talk with the tone of the Holy Spirit, he might just start getting involved in your life. I'll, I'll, I'll get an example. I have a good friend of mine. He's one of the guys we believed in when he planted his church back now 22 years ago. Uh, Russ and I went to the same Bible college together. And Russ, like me, was very shy and very, very scared about preaching. And he was in a preaching class where, you know, you get up and you practice preaching. And your students, fellow students hear you and then they, they critique you. Oh, it's intimidating. And Russ was terrible. I'll just say it. He just was awful. And he, and he was sweating and he was nervous and his hands were shaking. And he preached way too short. And he closed his notes. And this is what he told me later. I closed my notes and I started to walk back to my seat. And as I was walking back to my seat, I was thinking this. This is it for me. I'm leaving school. I will go back to my room now, pack my bags. I'm going to drive home. I am not cut out for the ministry. This was just proof. And so he turned around and he sat down and he looked up and the, and the teacher got up, stood behind the lectern and he said this, Russ, you've got what it takes. Five words he said that changed my life. He said, Russ, look at me right now. He said, you've got what it takes. And he said, those five words kept him in school and now here he is, he's been pastoring that church for over 20 years. Isn't that amazing? Because encouragement can change someone's destiny. Encouragement can change someone's traje- trajectory. The Holy Spirit often gets involved just when we speak life. And isn't it true that when you're around a life speaker, you want to be around them more, right? And then there's some other people in your life that aren't life speakers. And you see them come in the room and you're like, yeah, okay, I'm going to go over here, right? Because there are some people that spray Febreze into the atmosphere to overcome the stink. <laughs> and then there's other people who are toxic, 
Okay, so you want the Holy Spirit to use you? Speak encouragement. Speak life. Here's the second. Okay, after you get good at that, here's number two. Speak blessing. Blessing, what does that mean? Well, to speak blessing is to declare out loud something that is a promise from God. It is a picture of a positive future. Uh, often we repeat the blessing prayer that it was found in the, in the Old Testament that the priest would bless the people and they would say, may the Lord bless you and may he keep you. May he make his face to shine on you. May he turn to you and be gracious to you and may he give you peace. There's a great song, by the way, that, that carries that now. Have you heard that, the blessing? So the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you. Okay, it's just power in that. All right, blessing, oftentimes, especially Old Testament stories, parents bless their kids. It's some significant moment. They put their hands on their children, and they would say, now may God do this in you, son or daughter. It's a faith projection. It isn't a Holy Spirit prompting prophecy. It's just out of my own heart. I now speak blessing. Now, I, I read this in the, in, the, in, the, in the scriptures, and then I heard some teaching on it. And so we raised five kids. You saw our grandkids. We have actually four sons and a daughter. And when our kids were small, I started praying blessing over them. So if you're a parent or a grandparent, let me just share with you something really powerful to do. So on Fridays, we would have some family time, and I would sit in a chair in the living room, and we would have each one of our kids come, and I would pray a blessing on them before they would go to bed. And, and what did that look like? Well, our kids were wild. They were always running around, and four boys, I mean, they were all fighting over something. And then it would come time and say, okay, we're going to pray for you now. And somehow it became holy in our house. They got quiet. And I'd have my son Dave, who's now 30, he'd come and kneel in front of me, and I'd put my hands on him, and I would, I would say like this, Psalm 112, Dave, God wants to make you mighty in the land. He wants to raise you up to be part of a blessed generation. And I would go on, and I would, I would read some of those verses. And then my daughter, Alyssa, who was second born, come, and I'd put my hands on her. And then by the time we got to Josh, Josh would be like, now my turn. <laughs> and so, Josh, okay, and I would pray for Josh, may he gift you and use you. And, and so I just began out of my spirit to declare some things over them. It is amazing what can happen. You see, there are so many people in this world who are longing for the blessing. They have never had anybody look at them and say, may God use you, may he do great things. And maybe they've actually heard the other way. You're good for nothing. You're never going to amount to anything. You're never going to do anything with your life. And so they're living down this heaviness that's come from words spoken over them. And when we as parents or leaders or even just spiritual people look at somebody and we begin to speak a picture of a positive future in a kind tone, it's transformative. I just, you know, I was in Uganda doing a pastor's conference a number of years ago, and I was teaching this principle to the pastors. And I had an interpreter who was interpreting into Swahili, and we were a team, and I would say something in English, and then he'd interpret into Swahili, and I was talking about this idea of blessing, and I said, it's kind of like this. It's like I would take my interpreter friend here, and I put my hand on him, and he said, so he put his hand on me, and I, and I say, and I would begin to declare some things over him, and he said in Swahili, he began to declare some things, and I began to say that the Lord would bless you, and I began to talk, and as I started to pretend to bless him. I wasn't even actually doing it seriously. I was just, you know, giving an example. I put my hand on him. As I began to just pretend, he started to sob. 
his shoulders convulsed, tears streaming down his face. And I paused for a moment and I looked at him and I said, bro, has no one ever done this for you? He said, no, sir, never. I said, well, let's do it for real. So I called him over, I put my hands on him, I declared some things. When I was done, all of the pastors had gotten out of their seats and they had formed a line because they were longing to have somebody say over them, God has a plan for you. Here's what he wants to do in your life. Do you know how powerful it is? You know, one of the greatest times to bless your kids is when they're teenagers and they have an attitude. <laughs> because that's when they expect us to say something that will undermine. Uh, so I would, sometimes I'd be like this. I would say to my son Dave, because he had outgrown me by now, I would say like this, God's got a plan for you. And I don't understand the way you're acting right now. But I declare over you there's a future, you know? Because listen, that's where faith starts to really ignite. All right. So we start by encouraging. Just out of curiosity, how do you think you can encourage somebody? Okay. Everybody should have their hand up. Come on, you can do this, right? There we go. All right. And then bless. You say, well, I've never blessed before. Well, it's just as simple as this. Whatever you picture that you would like to see happen, you say it out loud in faith. And if you open the Bible and you get a promise, you can read it over them in faith. That's blessing. Now, here's what happens. When you encourage and bless, the Holy Spirit's like, this is too good a moment. I have to get involved. Now say this. Now remind them this. The Holy Spirit inside starts to percolate. It's like, you know, when you get a soda, uh, or do you, what do you call it here in, in New York, soda or pop? Your, your soda people here? When you get a soda, you get a Diet Coke, and you go... <laughs> and you pop that pop, what's going to happen? All of a sudden, there's going to be an effervescence. You start to bless. Listen, if you start to bless, it's like, it's like the Holy Spirit inside. Like, ah, I love this. Yeah, now say this. Now remind them this. Now picture this over them. Because listen, the Spirit of God is just wanting so desperately to speak life to a broken world. And he's looking for vessels who would be willing to say, use these lips, use this tongue, use this heart. People are, are dry and weary and withering and they're heavy and burdened. And, and we're wondering, how can I reach people? Just start speaking life and the Holy Spirit will start to use you to prophesy. Can you imagine redemption if your church became a prophecy house? I'm not talking about making a chart about end time events. I'm not talking about being severe and rebuke the world over sin. I'm talking about every time you walk in these doors, you say, I am here on a mission today to speak life to somebody else. Who wouldn't want to come to a church like that? You see, that's what the family of God is supposed to be. It's supposed to be a place that's active with prophecy. Now, when typically I prophesy, here's what happens. I either feel prompted to say something that isn't coming from my mind. Sometimes I get a picture, like an inspired picture, like I was praying for someone after the last service, and all of a sudden God gave me a picture of a tree with roots, and I just said out loud, I just kind of see in my mind that God's rooting you into something new. That's all it was, or a promise. A prompting, a picture, or a promise. God reminds you of some promise in the Word, and all you have to do to prophesy is just say it out loud. Now, here's how I do it. I like this. I think maybe 
God might be saying this to you. You test it. I don't step back and say, thus says the Lord. No, that might freak people out. I just simply submit it. I think maybe, maybe God's saying to you, this is a new season where he's rooting you down like a tree. And you're going to be stronger than you were before. And, and then as you start to say what God tells you to say, God does the rest. So let me release you now. God, may he release in this house a spirit of prophecy so that you would become like that soda bottle inside of us and get active to change the world in Jesus' name. Yeah? All right. Now, now we're going to do story time. I'm going to have Alyssa, one of our students, come up, and she's going to share something that God did in her life. And, you know, when, when the Holy Spirit starts to percolate inside, sometimes he doesn't just speak through you to someone else. Sometimes he talks to you. Sometimes he's like, and now you need to remember this. And Alyssa's had some experiences with God this past year where God did some work in her life. This is Alyssa Ropa. Why don't you again one more time give it up for Alyssa? <laughs> awesome. All right, so she is graduating from our Allison Park Leadership Academy, and we're proud of her. A couple of years ago now, two, about two years ago, right? Is that correct? You, you came and gave your life to Christ. So talk about how that happened for you, Alyssa. Yes. So I grew up around the church, but never really in the church. I knew of Jesus, but I didn't really know Jesus. Um, and so I would have considered myself a Christian, but I wasn't surrendered to the Lord. And I had my son really young. I was 21. And I was very lonely. Um, and I experienced pretty severe postpartum depression and anxiety where I had suicidal thoughts. And so um, in a very desperate moment of my life, I pleaded to God to help me get through this because I wasn't gonna survive without him. Um, and I didn't think that anything happened in that moment, but God was already at work. And so a few months later, uh, my husband and I decided to buy our first house and we closed on our house the same weekend that APC launched their new campus um, less than a half a block away from where we bought our house. So we just, we just knew that it wasn't a coincidence. Uh, and so a couple weeks later, my husband and I walk in, and the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit was so overwhelming to me. I had never experienced anything like that before. Um, I sat in the very back corner because I didn't want anybody to talk to me. <laughs> and I have no idea what Pastor Jeff talked about at all. Uh, but the Holy Spirit was doing a work inside of me in that moment. And um, I fully surrendered my life over to him that day and shortly afterwards was baptized in water and in the Holy Spirit and God has done a radical work in my life. It's beautiful. Yeah, so your life growing up wasn't easy um, prior to that. Yeah, so uh, I grew up on the West Coast. Uh, my family was, was pretty poor. Um, both of my parents struggled with, with drug addiction and my father with alcohol as well. Uh, my dad was incarcerated for most of my childhood, so I didn't know stability or a uh, father figure much, and uh, we moved around a lot. There was a point in time where, where we were homeless, kind of couch surfing, and so my mom moved us here to Pittsburgh, but uh, to get clean and sober and 
my, my, both of my parents now have been clean and sober for over 10 years. That's good. Yeah. It's awesome. So right after the moment when you came to Allison Park and you gave your life to Christ, you guys went through a traumatic time and, and God was there for you. Talk about that for a moment, Lisa. Yeah, his, his timing is so good because shortly after coming to APC and being baptized and uh, I, my husband and I tried for our second, our second child and I experienced a very traumatic miscarriage. Um, but because I had uh, surrendered my life to Christ, it was the first time that I put trust in him in that moment. Um, and it was the hardest, the darkest time in my life. And I had thoughts that, you know, before when I had depression and anxiety after having my son and suicidal thoughts, my thoughts went back there. And, and the Holy Spirit said, no, I am already at work redeeming this moment. That's beautiful. Yeah, and one of the ways that that, that redeeming, she came in and she said, I love that this church is called redemption. That's exactly what my life is. It's a story of redemption. And uh, so God began to redeem this moment because he put in your husband and your heart the desire to maybe foster and adopt, right? Yeah, so during my miscarriage, um, I felt a prompting by the Holy Spirit uh, that we were called to either adoption or foster care, and I, we didn't know. Um, but I hadn't mentioned it to my husband because we were just grieving and, and, and sad. And so he sat me down like the next day and was basically like, hey, you know, I think I really feel like God is, is calling us to adoption and foster care. And I was like, oh, me too. <laughs> yeah, you had just had a dream about that. But yeah. the thought was, how could we ever do this? Our house is too small. Our car is too small. There's no way to fit it all in. And then last September, you know, like I said, God can do things even in a pandemic. Yeah. And we decided last September to launch a foster care initiative to help people in our church be, be more ready to do that, to surround them better. And I had a guest in, and we were talking about it. And at the end of the service, he said, God may be prompting some of you to be foster parents. And you were in that service. And what happened when, when, he, when he made that challenge? Yeah, so he said... Put the mic up a little. There you go. He said, Good. if you were um, interested in becoming foster parents, just to take a step of faith and stand up in front of the whole congregation. Um, and me and my husband looked at each other, and we're like, we don't have the resources. We don't have the house, the car, or the money. Uh, but we stood up and took a step of faith in that moment. And yeah, so... Yeah, so let me interrupt for a moment. Aren't you glad to know that when God speaks to you on one end... He's already got something planned on the other end. Yeah. Yeah. So I love this. Alyssa and her husband stand up in faith knowing this is impossible. But God, okay, whatever, if you're calling us. And then Monday morning. Uh, yeah, so the next day, uh, my grandma called, and we had a long conversation. And my grandparents remodel houses for a living, so we had talked about eventually buying a home from them somewhere in the future. Um and during the conversation we had with her, she was like, you know, she had no idea we stood up in church the day before, like at all. Uh, so the conversation went, uh, uh, she was like, we have another house that we've been remodeling. It's bigger than the one that we would have, we, 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 we would have done for you. Um, it's five bedrooms and it's in the neighborhood that you wanted to be in. And not only is it, it's only six months away from being completed. And 
So they, so they made a way. It was supposed to be years later they were yeah. going to do this for them. They made a way for them to, to buy this house. And now Alyssa and her husband have their first two foster kids. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. And now they're journeying in this direction. So, so listen, listen, the Holy Spirit knows what he's doing. He does. And when he prompts you about something, he's got something prepared and planned for you. And Alyssa's just a great example of that. Uh, why don't we all stand up together? And Alyssa's going to go. Why don't you just, again, celebrate her? Thanks so much for sharing. Let me help you. All right. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but maybe in your life you have yet to make a decision to give your life to Jesus. You know, he's the greatest thing ever. He died for you so that your sin could be forgiven. He rose from the grave to give you a fresh start. And today, if you make a choice, you say, Jesus, do something in my life. Forgive me. He will not just wipe away the past, but he'll start to give something new be birthed in you. So I'm going to do something different in this service. Would you just bow your heads with me across this place? If today you want to cross the line of faith and give your life to Christ, or maybe today you need to come back to him, Right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to count to three. On that number three, I want you to make a choice. You know, it's not the thoughts in your mind that bring you into relationship with God. It's the decision you make. It's your will, okay? When I get to that number three, I want you, if you need to do this, to throw your hand in the air. Just keep it up, and then we're going to pray together, okay? All right, just get your hand ready. If you want to come back to God today, or maybe for the first time, want to surrender your life to Jesus, on the count of three, you put your hand in the air, okay? Are you ready? God loves you so much. On, on the number three, one two, three. Just shoot up your hand if that's you. Yeah, that's awesome. Why don't you just keep it up now? I want us to pray. Can you just say this out loud with me? Say, Jesus, I believe in you. You are the son of God. You died for me. Forgive my sin. Give me a fresh start. I trust you today. Give me new life and a fresh start in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. If you'd like to connect with us or learn more about our church, please visit us online at redemptioncommunitychurch.org. We hope you can listen or join us next week.